Ladies and gentlemen, may I direct your attention to something quite extraordinary. And now, it's time for Fat Guy Loves Cake. With your host, Joey Valentine. Is one piece of egg. Hey everybody, welcome to Fat Guy Loves Cake. I am Joey Valentine, bringing you an all-new episode, a special edition, Valentine's Day. Uh, I know that normally I do my shows Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but I thought I'd condense Monday and Wednesday into one show on Tuesday because I am Joey Valentine and I have to do a Valentine's Day show, although there's absolutely nothing interesting about Valentine's Day to talk about. I did come up with some things, so you know we're going to hit them, but otherwise, it's just like this awful, awful holiday. For everyone, whether you be single or you be in a relationship, because if you're single, it's just a reminder that, you know, everyone's getting together and doing something special. Guys are running around getting roses and chocolates, and uh, girls are uh, sitting on their asses expecting roses and chocolates. And then the single people are like, wow, I wish someone would bring me roses and chocolates. Meanwhile, Hallmark makes an absolute fucking killing, and the rose industry for that matter. Did you know 70% of rose sales for the entire year in America are on February 14th? 70%. And uh, something like 73, I think I read, 73% purchased by men. Not that uh, that's surprising or anything. All right, so let's jump into what's happening around the U.S. of A. Who gives a shit? Who gives a fuck? Who gives a shit? Who gives a fuck? Who gives a shit? Who gives a fuck? So Kourtney Kardashian, if you know, I'm sure you know who that is. Everyone knows who that is. You've probably seen her around town with that backpack called Travis Barker. Uh, She's launching these wellness gummies, vaginal wellness gummies. God, I hate saying the word vaginal. Um, Just for the record, uh, until I get to the very end of this article, I was under the impression that these gummies were to be inserted into the vagina like a suppository or something. Uh, Turns out you take them orally. But listen to the way she words it. Vaginal health is such an important part of a woman's overall well-being and not talked about enough, which is why we are so excited to launch this. Give your vagina the sweet treat it deserves and turn it into a sweet treat. That's from Kardashian's Instagram. We've combined real pineapple and vitamin C with the power of clinically studied SNZ 1969 probiotics to target vaginal health and pH levels that support freshness and taste. Well, as you can imagine, since things like this are snake oil, uh, all kinds of gynecologists are coming out and calling bullshit and saying that do not listen to the Kardashian because that's not, it's not tested, it's not proven, and you can't eat a gummy and change the way your vagina tastes. We all should know that that's a myth, same as men's semen. Yes, that's right, I said semen. (laughs) Kardashian's been doing a whole lot of commercials with, like, CGI cats and stuff, and basically uh, a lot of women, a lot of gynecologists, women gynecologists, have come out and said, like, hey, 
this is not good for women. This is anti-feminist, which I have no idea how they got anti-feminist from this. And uh, one doctor was quoted as saying, stop referring to our lady parts as cat emojis. <laughs> it's disrespectful. And if anyone tells you that you should change the taste or smell of your vagina, then they are working with a patriarchy. And in the UK, a major crematorium, <laughs> not laughing at the word crematorium, laughing at this story, a major, major crematorium, McDonald's put up a sign next to it that said McCrispy. <laughs> That's right, McDonald's advertising their McCrispy put up a giant fucking sign, and really the only thing you can see other than the sandwich is the giant word McCrispy, and it is literally in front of a crematorium. What's that? What's a crematorium? <laughs> Look it up. The sign advertising McDonald's McCrispy Sandwich was placed next to a publicly owned Penmount Crematorium in Cornwall, England. Some people told the outlet that they found the sign's placement hilarious, while others didn't feel the same way. <laughs> One person was quoted as saying, How can somebody not see the funny side of a building full of older folks sharing the same name as the corporation's body furnace? Another woman called it tasteless. Although I can see the funny side, it is tasteless, and I'm sure some grieving family members won't like to see it when visiting Penmount for the funeral and cremation of a loved one. In a bold move, Taco Bell will be opening up next door to the crematorium and serving the coffin taco, little tacos served in little coffins. <laughs> and in Hollywood news, believe it or not, there's going to be a fifth Indiana Jones movie. That's right, Harrison Ford has signed on to do another one, even after the absolute diaper fire that was kingdom of the crystal skull i don't know how that movie went wrong i mean like you got I don't, I don't really know a lot about it i don't know if spielberg had a hand in it or not i know that the first three were absolutely brilliant and in my opinion they got better as they went on you had raiders of the lost ark kick ass and then you had temple of doom oh my god it was so scary and then you had the last crusade sean connery as his dad that movie's still solid as fuck man then Kingdom of the Crystal Skull comes out, and it, I think it was just like it was too past its prime. And I, I noticed Harrison Ford did a lot of his own stunts. Not like I wouldn't call them stunts, but there was I remember there was a scene where he was running away, and you could see like his bow, like his old man bow legs, like he had rickets or something. And plus Shia LaBeouf, man, that guy is such, such a fucking ass. I, I don't understand how he keeps getting work. But anyway, uh, there is going to be another Indiana Jones, and, and I'm, I'm going to give it a chance. I mean, Harrison, you're the man, you know. You're fucking Han Solo and Indiana Jones. You're two of the most iconic characters to ever come out of anything, period. Whether it be science fiction or adventure or whatever, man. Harrison Ford, that's not even the only things he's done. So Harrison always gets a pass from me. If he puts out five more Indiana Jones, I don't care if it's Indiana Jones and the wheelchair of doom, I will go and see him. So I happened to get an advanced copy of the uh, of the Indiana Jones movie trailer. And uh, I, I know you've got to be excited. 
So I'm going to go ahead and play it for you. We're going to take a break, and then we'll come right back. I'm going to talk to you about Al Capone and the Valentine's Day Massacre. Hey, this is Courtney Love, and you're listening to Joey Valentine on Fat Guy Loves Cake. Oh, make me over. I'm all I want to be. I walk in study. You've seen him battle Nazis. You've seen him battle bloodthirsty, heart-ripping cultists. You've seen him battle, well, Nazis again. Prepare for his most exciting adventure yet. Dr. Jones? Dr. Jones? Yes! Your prescription is ready. Well, it's about time! Dr. Jones! Hold it, short round! We are so rich, we got to get to your coronoscopy. Uh, great, put something else up in these ass. See Andy in his most exciting adventure yet as he tackles on old age. What the is it, Andy? Uh, my, my dentures, my dentures are gone, short round. Oh, no. Indiana Jones and the Missing Teeth. Where are we going to find Nazis? Nazis are gone, Dr. Jones. Oh, I miss the Nazis. Coming soon. Coming up later tonight, an all-new episode of Vinny and Luke on NBC. Luke, what are you doing? I've got a date tonight, Ben, and I expect you to stay home. Luke, let me come with you on your date. No fucking way, Ben. Luke, I'm good with the ladies. I'll use the force. Ben, you can't force women to do things. That's why they started the Me Too movement. Luke, I'll just force her to touch it a little. No, Ben, you're not coming with me. Luke! What, Amparoo? Take Uncle Benny with you. Aww. If you're coming, you're going to be on your best behavior, Ben. I promise to be on my best behavior, Luke. Ah, <laughs> oh, you Luke? Yeah, hi. Luke, Luke Skywalker. I'm a farmer. I'm Tatooine. Oh, I got a cousin out in Tatooine. Ah, oh, jeez, I hope we're not related. <laughs> Luke. Shut up, Ben. What'd you say, Luke? Uh, I'm not nothing. I'm, so what do you do for a living? Well, I'm actually kind of out of work right now. I used to be a hooker at Jabba's Palace, but that wasn't working out for me. So now I'm just kind of freelance, you know. Luke. I'm under the table, Luke. Luke. She's not wearing any panties. <laughs> You just spit blue milk all over me. Jeez, oh, I'm so sorry. There was something in there. Let me go get you some napkins. Oh, jeez. Ben, you gotta knock it off. Luke, she's a sure thing. You won't need the force. You will, however, want to wrap your lightsaber up. That's coming up on an all-new Benny and Luke on NBC. 
All right, welcome back to Fat Guy Loves Cake. I was going to tell you a little story about the Valentine's Day bloody massacre that happened in Chicago, February 14th, 1929. Maybe you know who Al Capone is, maybe you don't, but there was a time during Prohibition. What's Prohibition? That's when alcohol was illegal in the United States, and a ton of gangsters made a killing bringing whiskey in from Canada, one of them being Al Capone, and Chicago was just a shoot 'em up kind of gangland. Capone was running a bootleg business that was worth nearly $100 million a year, and that's in 1920s money. At the time, Capone ran everything, and trying to run booze in the same town as Capone was just asking to be killed. Capone had kind of a snuff-out-the-competition, as it were, attitude. Now, there was a rival crime boss in Chicago whose name was George Bugs Moran, and that's exactly how he came into power in Chicago as well, by killing the competition. Moran was the right-hand man to a man named Dion O'Banion, which is not even close to being Irish, (laughs) a notorious gangster and previous rival to Al Capone. Long story short, Al Capone didn't like O'Banion's hold on the north side liquor trade in Chicago, so he sent a few of his goons to O'Banion's flower shop, and the aforesaid goons whacked him. This slingshot Moran to the top of O'Banion's gang, and he picked up right where his late friend and employer left off. Capone didn't like that either. As far as mass murders go, the St. Valentine's Day Massacre is one of the trickiest, best-crafted slaughters of the 1920s. The year was 1929, The day was Valentine's Day, and all was quiet in Bug Moran's place of operation, the SMC Cartage Company Garage, located at 2122 North Clark Street in Chicago. Moran's men were hard at work, presumably putting together an order of illegal liquor for a paying customer, when a car rolled up and four men, two of them dressed as police officers, popped out. Moran was heading to the garage when he saw the police car arrive. Being the astute crime boss he was, Moran decided to get out of there so he wasn't caught in what he believed to be a raid. Moran's boys also must have thought it a raid, seeing as the four faux police officers had no trouble rounding up the seven armed gangsters and convincing them to line up against a wall. According to Chicago Mag, not a single one of Moran's men reached for a weapon. That was it. They were all in place. The four invaders, believed to be Capone's men, opened fire. Witnesses on the street could hear the rapid clack of two Thompson submachine guns and a shotgun as they tore Moran's crew apart. Though Moran himself escaped the massacre, the incident put an end to his mob boss career. Amid the heap of bodies, police discovered one lone survivor from the massacre, gangster Frank Gusenberg. Gusenberg lived for a few hours, but he gave very little away. It probably didn't help that he had 14 bullets lodged in his flesh, and he was not feeling particularly talkative. When the police asked him about the perps, he simply replied, No one. Nobody shot me. Gusenberg's refusal to name his killers may sound surprising, but like many other gangsters, he was probably adhering to the omerta, a code of absolute silence that a few noble-minded monsters used to follow. You may or may not be familiar, there is a code, there's supposed to be a code within the mafia. Uh, You take it to the grave. You never rat on anyone, but that never happens. Everybody always turns and uh, gives up everyone. Although you got to think about it, right? Like, you know, if somebody comes to you and they're like, listen, Joe, we got you doing this murder. If you turn states on everybody you know, we'll move you to Phoenix and buy you a house. It's like, what what are you going to do? No, I'd rather do that life sentence because I have integrity. (laughs) Yeah. 
Now, immediately after the murder, the cops thought the killing could have been the work of Al Capone's notorious hitman and bodyguard, Jack McGurn, better known as Machine Gun Jack. No relation to Machine Gun Kelly. (laughs) However, when investigators interviewed McGurn, he accused the police of being involved and then brushed them off, saying, Don't make me laugh! The Ghost of Buck Boys would have plugged me if they saw me a block away! Despite his scoffing, McGurn did have a strong motive to go after Frank and Peter Gusenberg. They tried to kill him personally about a year before the massacre. Regardless, the case against McGurn never went anywhere because it turned out he had a pretty strong alibi. His girlfriend, Louise Rolfe, was willing to claim she spent the whole day with him. True or not, to prevent the authorities from interrogating her further, the pair got married and McGurn got off. While it is possible that McGurn was not involved in this particular bloodbath, somebody with a grudge seems to have believed he was. Exactly seven years and one day later, on February 15, 1936, McGurn was found riddled with bullets at a Milwaukee bowling alley. According to legend, a cryptic note delivered by the killers read, You lost your dough and handsome houses, but things could be worse. You could have lost your trousers. That's so fucking terrible. Ah, mob guys, good at killing, bad at poetry. Lots of theories went on as to who was involved. There was all kinds of Irish gangs. There was a gang called the Purple Gang that were out of Detroit, uh, who was mixed up with a bunch of immigrants. Uh, Nobody could ever really pin it down, so no one took the bait. Al Capone was never convicted of a murder, and the happy ending to this story is that they got him on tax evasion. He went to Alcatraz, got syphilis, babbled like a moron, and then died in his cell. Happy Valentine's Day. Fat Guy Loves Cake at Yahoo.com is how you can reach me. Fat Guy Loves Cake, the YouTube channel. Please check it out. Hug your children, kiss your kitty cats. Please be nice. I'll see you guys on Friday. Oh, here, let me fuck your face again then. Don't be, oh, right there. Whoa, right there. Huh.